everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast reanalyzed the 1999 examination of prom politics and high school She's All That one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And Minute 69 Nice begins with nice. Zach's dad uh, finishing a sentence from yesterday, which began, you will recall, with, and blaming me isn't going to change the fact that the, today he finishes it, future is going to happen. And I have it uh, going through Taylor exasperatedly saying, aw. Yeah, uh, first of all, how dare uh, Zach's mm-hmm. dad? Just how, yep. how, how dare he? very dare. And that's pretty much it. Go see mm-hmm. Last Minute for all of the things with that yep. that yep. conclude yep. with yep. the yep. punctuation of this. Uh-huh. So then we cut over to DJ Usher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. the whiplash can be treated in the uh, medical bay to your left. Yep. <laughs> he says there's only two weeks until that combination of crepe paper cleavage <laughs> and Cristal. The heh was his and not mine. <laughs> the subtitle said Crystal, but he for sure said Cristal. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to talk about Cristal, if I may. Okay. It is the flagship cuvee of Champagne Louis Roederer, uh, created in 1876 for Alexander II, Tsar of Russia. As the political situation in Russia at the time of his rule was unstable, the Tsar feared assassination. Spoiler alert, he was in fact assassinated. Well, hey, you know what? At least his fears were not unwarranted. (laughs) Unfortunately, he had his finger on the pulse of the assassination market. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he he was primed for sale? I'm not really sure. Uh, So... uh, (laughs) Alexander ordered the champagne bottles for his three emperors dinner be made clear so that he could see the bubbles and also to prevent an explosive being hidden beneath them, as could happen with a typical dark green indented bottle. So this guy, Louis Roderer, commissioned a Flemish glassmaker to create a clear lead glass champagne bottle with a flat bottom. The champagne has since become known as Cristal. Okay. Um, I guess because of the uh, like crystalline nature of, you know, you can see through it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was not commercially available until 1945, which is something because that's nearly, that's like 70 years later. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it was just stuff for kings until, until then. Um, what I really want to talk about, though, was its place in hip hop. Um, it's interesting okay. that Usher is talking about this because, well, as the Wikipedia noted, uh, in the mid-90s and early 2000s, hip-hop music discovered the brand with several artists rec- referencing the drink in song lyrics and as part of their public image, including Raekwon, 50 Cent, The Notorious B.I.G., R. Kelly, Sean Combs, Big L, J. Rue, The Damaja, Trina, and Jay-Z. Just a full, you know, all the greats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then some other people, too. I'm sorry. I, I need to squash my beef with Big L. Um, it says, those in hip-hop sometimes use the name Chrissy for the drink. Uh, Tupac Shakur co- created a cocktail called Thug Passion, which is a blend of Alizé Gold Passion and Cristal. In an interview with The Economist in 2006, Louis Roderer, managing director Frederick Ruzaud, said he viewed the attention from rappers with, quote, curiosity and serenity, end quote, Asked if he thought the association would harm the brand, he replied, That's a good question, but what can we do? We can't forbid people from buying it. I'm sure Dom Perignon or Krug would be delighted to have their business. 
So, cool. Mm-hmm. Not, we love our customers. It's like, we can't tell them not to. Um, so it says, subsequent interpretations and reactions to these statements resulted in those associated with hip-hop culture disengaging with the brand. Jay-Z, for example, released a statement saying he would never, quote, drink Cristal or promote it in any way or serve it at any of his clubs, end quote. And then this sentence was devastating to me who thought that that was actually a bold thing and Ace of Spades actually became the uh, the drink of, the you know, the fancy rapper drink of choice after that. Um, and then it says, the loss of position in hip-hop and Jay-Z's statement had no effect on sales of Cristal. Oh, so like, yeah, <laughs> output doubled from 400,000 bottles in 2004 to over 800,000 bottles in 2010. Gross. And that's, and that's Crystal. So it was interesting. First of all, this was 1999. So it was sort of like in the midst of that being a cool reference to make. But second of all, weird prom ref though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I weird public too, because... prom statement, DJ. Usher, like yeah, but I guess this appears to be like rich, rich kid high school. There are right, probably a right, lot of, may, probably not at prom itself, but there are probably after prom parties. Right, that feature right, Crystal. Right, right. Yeah, right. That's true. Right. I that's mean, true. prom that's itself true. has like vodka or something that's easy to smuggle in a flask exactly. Exactly. and pour into the punch bowl. As I'm, as I'm, as I'm aware, as I'm sort of told, vodka, some, no, not a lot of odor on that one, and it's clear, a, so it's kind of hard to. Yeah, it's. I think vodka smells like rubbing alcohol and tastes about the same, but mm. I guess other people, it, it it doesn't have a distinctive taste or smell the way like whiskey or tequila does. Right, right, and that I would I, I'm imagining from your statements and what I know about you is actually a key difference in the other way, like in the way that makes vodka perhaps less desirable. The things that make it more desirable as a spiking drink perhaps make Uh, it less desirable as an Aaron drink. Yeah, I don't love... I'm actually, weirdly, I'm drinking like a vodka lemonade thing right now, but it mostly (laughs) just tastes like like it's not super vodka-y. I I got it at like Total Wine, so it's... While it is, I guess, a vodka thing, it's not high. There isn't a high enough vodka content for it to have to be sold at like a liquor store. So, <laughs> yeah, it t- it tastes like sparkling lemonade, and it's delicious. Hey, Robbie, uh, we got some uh, fruit and vodka. Can we count that as wine? Well, what's the alcohol content? Not much. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally wine, and that's how Total Wine does business. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a total wine. And then that's it. That's the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> then uh, uh, maybe my favorite Usher line in this whole movie, where he says, and if we go to the prom polls, it looks like Simon's big sister, Lainey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think it even says Lainey. It just refers to her yeah. as Simon's big sister. Since when is that how she's publicly identified at school? Since the cafeteria. Has to be since the cafeteria. It's gotta be, but like, what a weird thing to not have included anything, like any kind of follow up from the cafeteria where suddenly Simon is like mega popular kid. I, but I love it. I love it though. It doesn't make a lot of sense. 
Or they could have said Cafeteria Simon's Big Sister or something right, right. to indicate that Simon has had a popularity spike because of that Recent moment. king of the cafeteria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something Fair. like that. But yeah, no, it's just suddenly Lainey is being identified as Simon's older sibling. And listen, from the look on Lainey's face, she's into it. She digs it. Yeah. Like, she was like, I will take that. In yep. the way that I think Lila would take Matt's big sister. Yeah. And full yep. stop, don't need a name. Like, yeah. So then uh, he says, basically, it's coming down to basically like a tie between Taylor and Lainey. Oh, I'm sorry, Simon's big sister. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I had her name wrong. So he says, vote early and vote often, which is a phrase that has confused me, and I would like to talk about the history of that phrase, if I may. Thank you, because my, that was one of my notes, is do they get to vote for prom queen more than once? But Exactly. So I would like to know what the history of that phrase is, because I'm betting that whatever the history is was a case where you do get to vote more than once. I want you to take one more guess if I say that's not it. Oh, um, then it's a case where you don't get to vote more than once. And so where, where would we see this, this uh, originating? Presi- uh, U.S. presidential elections? Yeah, like political, like yeah. shady 19th century political. Like, see that one episode of Newsies where... right. They were like, this time sucks. Or uh, um, a crooked politician, hey, mister, that ain't news anymore or whatever. Right. I'm sorry, Newsies Minute listeners, I the lyrics have failed me. But um, that. Um, I talked about how it was the end of the period of time where politics was literally whoever cheats the best is the politics winner. Um, so... That is what it refers to. It basically, it says, uh, vote early, vote often is generally a tongue-in-cheek phrase used in relation to elections and the voting process. Though rarely considered a serious suggestion, the phrase theoretically encourages corrupt electoral activity, but is used mostly to suggest the occurrence of such corruption. So, historian James Morgan, in a 1926 publication, identified John Van Buren as the originator of the phrase. Uh, Bartlett's uh, noted its usage in 1858 by William Porcher Miles. Basically, a bunch of people are like, it was like the mid-19th century. There's this quote from the, the British Times by this guy, Richard Henry Dana Jr. Um, it says, Our experience has shown that in the excitement of great popular elections, deciding the policy of the country and its vast patronage, frauds will be committed if a chance is given for them. If these frauds are allowed, the result is not only that the popular will may be defeated and the result falsified, but that the worst side will prevail. The side which has the greater number of dishonest men will pull the most votes. The war, the war cry, vote early and vote often, and the familiar problem, how to cast the greatest number of votes with the smallest number of voters, indicate the direction in which the dangers lie. Which is actually, th- that thing I just said about the, who, whoever is the biggest cheater wins politics, that's basically a cool, fancy British way of saying that same thing. Okay. The phrase is also noted as the much very vaunted maxim of the Tammany Hall political machine of the 1860s. That's who we talked about um, in that Newsies episode. They used repeaters who were given $5 and free liquor to go and vote for recently deceased voters. This process was depicted in the Martin Scorsese film Gangs of New York, where drunkards are forcibly shaved to alter their appearance and turned back towards polling stations to vote again. So then also uh, in the 30s, Al Capone sort of re-brought it up as a thing that you said. Like with the you know gangsters and stuff, um, and then more recently, uh, Republicans accused their opponents of inviting such corruption with their support of 
the National Voter Registration Act of 1993, the motor voter law. So Republicans were like, this is going to be, you know how Republicans are like, if we make any laws that allow people to vote, there's going to be voter fraud all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was this election in 2020. That is the fear. <laughs> the thing that the Republicans are like, it's a fraud. Right. Our guy lost. It's be- yep. And so they would quote, like, vote early, vote often for this kind of thing. So it's a cynical thing. Weird that Usher says it because he says it with like, a, I think what he's saying it in terms of is mostly vote. Right. Don't be late to vote. I think right. vote vote on time and vote the given one time that you're allowed to is what he means. But anyways, yeah, so, it's a weird phrase for him to use. I wasn't but. confused. It was the correct usage. It was I had the correct meaning, just not. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So this leads to a weird showdown between Laney's posse who includes Katie, which was mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. And Taylor's posse, which includes Chandler and Alex, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lainey's posse is Jesse, Katie, and Lainey, and other people that are also in the hall walking that way, I think. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> so then they come up to each other, and, like, Lainey is... I looked up the height difference, because it is comical. Like, mm-hmm. Lainey is up to Taylor's chin, Yep. At best. Yeah. With her hair up. Um, and it is, the difference is that La- uh, Lainey is 5'2 and Taylor is 5'8 and a half. Okay. So, so that's a significant that difference, even if uh, Taylor's not wearing heels. Right. Right. Which presumably she is. I would assume, yeah. Uh, Chris and I were having this discussion uh, the other night about heels like wearing heels and like why you do it. And like someone was wearing heels and I was like, but they're tall. So why would they wear heels? And Kristen's like, it's not always about heightening yourself. And I'm like, okay, well there's the butt thing and like the walking thing, but, and walking Paul Walker. Um, (laughs) I was sort of outlining in my head, sort of a continuum of, like, if you're a certain height, heels are for heightening. Mm-hmm. And then if you're another certain height, heels are for butt and walking stuff. But is there a point where wearing heels is literally a fashion statement and there's no functionality? Like, you don't need them to be taller because you're already super tall and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that they... I don't know. I usually wear heels because... I think they're cute. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to wear heels because I have found a cute pair of heels where I did okay. not find a cute pair of flats to go with that particular outfit versus to Fair. make me taller. I've never really okay. used them as a making me taller. Cause I, I'm like five, six, five, seven. So yeah. Yeah. I'm an average enough height that I can, I, I don't necessarily need to make myself taller but depending right. on who I'm out with, like my college group, I was friends with a bunch of tall chicks. So I always felt like yeah. the kid's sister tagging along. If oh, I wasn't. That's not your heels. position. 
That's no. not where you belong. <laughs> no, but when I'm hanging out with like three girls who are 5'10 to six feet and I'm six inches shorter than them, I'm like, give me the, fo- the four inch heels, please. And why, yes, I would yeah. like a platform in addition. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, at this point, like Kevin and I are the same hmm. height. So when I wear heels, they yeah. actually make me taller than him. But yeah. they are cute. And yeah. Okay. They make, like, I don't know. I feel like depending on the outfit, they often look better with the dress or pants or whatever. And they make my legs look good. And as you said, yeah. you know, they, they make your butt look good. And yeah. Yeah. So I think it just kind of depends. I think the last time I wore heels was for my cousin's wedding in 2019. And prior to that, gotcha. I could not tell you when the last time I wore heels was. Right. Like I just I don't I don't have an I, I don't have a need to wear them right at this point right in my life. There's a point where sort of looking at fashion from a sort of I don't know women's fashion as male oppression can be sort of dangerous because mm-hmm. like I'm like heels that thing that make women run slower. True. And I think that it's a little bit it can be a little reductive. Because, like, there are people that are like, I like, like you said, these are cute. Or I like how I feel when I'm walking mm-hmm. in heels or whatever. Um, that I think that that discounts. Yeah. Um, my, that opinion discounts a, li- a, a little bit too, maybe a lot. Yeah. When I was working in an office, I wore heels a lot because I just liked wearing heels. Um, like, yeah. they, made, they made me feel more, like, grown up and professional in right. a way that flats didn't. Right. And I can't really explain that. That might also be somewhere rooted in the patriarchy and little girls wanting to wear their mother's heels or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess there's another thing of... It's sort of like uh, this podcast I listen, used to listen to is like drinking is literally like, hey... Look how I can uh, imbibe this poison and still not die. Aren't I attractive as a specimen? Sure. Like, <laughs> um, in a way, being able to walk in heels and not look like Bambi learning how to walk uh-huh. can be sort of a sign of, like, look how strong and poised and, and agile or whatever I am. Yeah. Maybe. There's a whole... Okay, so there's kind of a storyline question mark in the Anne of Green Gables books where, you know, it was back they were written, you know, turn of the previous century. Right. And so girls wore their hair in braids or down and Mm -hmm. women wore their hair up. And there was this whole thing. Like in Bridgerton. Like in what? Bridgerton. That's like the... Which I still haven't watched. There are some characters that that I think you and I will agree rule. Yeah, in that I've read that I've read all the books. I just haven't. Oh, okay, you've read all the books. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Eloise kicks yeah. ass. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Anne and Diana are sitting around talking about when they get to wear their hair up, and I yeah. think that it's or you know when they get to wear long dresses instead of like just past the knee dresses. Right. And I think I think it's something. Along the lines of that, for me mm-hmm. at least, in terms of, oh, well, I feel more grown up when I'm wearing heels. And it's not like a, 
I don't know. It, it's yeah. I I wore flats when I was younger, and then I learned, right. and you know, and then I started wearing heels, and I could walk in the heels, and I felt like I looked cute and grown up in the heels, and now I'm like, no, flats though, so much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like Bambi learning how to walk when I put on a pair of heels now because I wear them so infrequently. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But. But Taylor is not wearing heels necessarily. She's just tall. She's just tall. <laughs> yes. Well, so in, in conclusion, so the um at the party scene, I feel like yeah. Taylor was still taller than Lainey, but not as much taller. Like when she poured uh-huh. her drink into Lainey's cleavage, she was taller, but I feel like the height difference wasn't quite as noticeable because Lainey was wearing platform heels right. that probably right. gave her say, a good yeah. four or five inches, and right. they probably put Taylor in. Slightly, she was probably wearing like three inch heels. Right, right, right. So the differential was yeah, one closer, one taller. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Yep. I'm sure it's so weird because like I'm sure that like maybe tying a tie mm-hmm. or something. Yep. Is something like that for for guys, but like, oh boy, is my everything rooted in laziness and and <laughs> comfort yeah because i'm like all right maybe grown-up men tie their ties but also what if i didn't do that yeah and then that's it that's my only thought and i don't ever <laughs> question it or whatever it's like never learn and then when i see people in shows and movies that are like oh, I need to learn how to tie a tie. Oh, there's a cool romantic thing where she knows how to tie a tie or cool father-son thing where he gets shown how to tie a tie or whatever. I'm like, man, never going to learn how to tie that tie. Cool. So do you keep all of your ties like they are tied and you just loosen them and slip them off? That is when when a tie was a thing that was more often a thing that I would wear. Yes, that is how I would okay. do it. I can, I can fake it. I can fake it. Okay. I'm certainly not a, oh, yeah, I like a four-fist four double cherry-picking tie. Uh-huh. Not. Um, and then it's like, oh, yeah, well, I like a maritime uh, double hook-handed single knot that, tie. That's the fanciest like, knot. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and, like, I'm not all about that. I'm just a simple guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you also um, don't rock the clip on. I don't rock the clip on. Yet. I, I feel like I, I feel mean, like you may hit an age where you're like, you know what? <laughs> Clip-ons, man. Listen, here is here's a here's a mission statement I didn't realize I have, but I definitely uh, do have. If I never have that's in the seat, it's not going to be the case cuz you know, there are two weddings. Suddenly people in my life are getting married again, oh, weirdly. Okay. Like Rayanna and Mark and stuff. Well, yeah. But That's not an again. I but look, in my life, this is happening yes, again. Yes, they are not getting married again. You are going to weddings right. again. Right. So I guess I'm not going to be able to get out of wearing ties uh, even into the end of this year. Yeah. But a future, a bucket list item is never wear ties again. Fair. <laughs> my, my bucket list is just stop doing stuff I don't want to do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like that's, Before that's I kick the, the bucket, bucket, I want list. to stop. <laughs> yeah. Most people put things oh, they Lord. do want to do. You have a bucket list of things you don't want to have to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, that actually that. Yep, mm-hmm. that's fair. That's accurate and fair. Um, so then Taylor does this weird thing where it's like 
intimidate. And then she's like, oh, come on, honey. It's something. Yeah. Like We'll finish like, the line it, tomorrow. The deme- yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's... We don't... No, she finishes. So it... I think maybe you stopped at the wrong O. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, she says... They take the picture. So basically, there's now a photo op that Lanny didn't know happened. Oh. She takes the picture, and then once the picture is done, her Taylor face falls back into place, and then she there's someone, she's like, oh, move, fool. So the, that is the O. I didn't describe the O well enough. That Okay, yeah, because I definitely... Yeah. Okay, well, then I need to look up where the, like, what she actually says to start tomorrow's minute then. Which is fine. I can look that up. Can we, so I, I took, I started taking this note and then changed my mind before I was done writing the note. I said, they take a picture under a banner that says Taylor's name. Bold move to do a photo op with your opponent where they look confused, dot, dot, dot. Actually, maybe that's not all that bold. Because it was like a surprise ambush photo op. Yeah. Where Lainey's like, huh? And Taylor's like, wink. But still, weird ending to that uh, to that showdown thing. Yeah. But then Taylor storms off and runs into someone and says, starts to scold them, but she'll finish the scold tomorrow. Yes. Um, and I have now looked up what that line is, so we are back yeah. on track. Cool. And with that, I'm going to put my Taylor Vaughn face back on and do some social media. Okay. Fool. I'm sorry I called you a fool just now. Are you talking to me or the listener? I mean, yep, the listener. Totally the listener. Mm-hmm. Listener. Listener. We're still cool, right? Cool. All right. Uh, so we have social media, and it is this. Here's the social media. Here we go. Our social media is that we have a Twitter handle, and that is at JE underscore Minute Movies. That is for our podcast franchise. Um... And individually, we have Twitter handles. Mine is at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which you can find on Twitter at Scavengers Net, and which has many great shows, one of which we'll put an ad for at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. But that is going to do it. Uh, I just... Wait, hold on. I'm getting a pop-up. It's for... It's like a 1999... High heels ad? Well, what's pretty progressive, it's this guy walking the... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that... Is that Paul Walker? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know?